Sweet, sweet. Well, I don't know if you guys saw, but I have that game tonight, and I guaranteed the Union would win a trophy if we won yeah. our championship. That's so, right. Yeah, just, so, yeah. I, <laughs> I want that on the record if, <laughs> if I, if I win that that we're we're getting a trophy next year it, it might be the preseason trophy but it's a trophy uh, the union are going to win something <laughs> all right well we'll take it we'll, we'll take all right. it and we will give you all the credit <laughs> <laughs> yeah save save the conversation screenshot it do whatever you got to do <laughs> <laughs> guys to be brothers here presented by the brotherly game it's me aj here with it's me luke it's november 4th this is episode number 41 this is a fun episode for us uh but no one's worn number 41 so name is tbd tbd it could be you uh young kid listening paxton aronson maybe precursor to the end of our podcast (gasps) today so on this podcast, we're going to talk about uh, some union stuff, contract, blah, 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 MLS Cup, depth, the number six. That'll be some of uh, AJ and Luke's talking points. But then the second half of the episode, we have a great interview with a friend of ours, Zach Richmond. Um, yeah, so Zach, uh, he we met him a few weeks ago when he to our little watch party in Fredericksburg uh, for the, the Atlanta playoff game. Uh, Zach came down from Lynchburg to watch just with us. So we really appreciated that. He's a really cool dude. Uh, so we decided to have him on the podcast and, and talk about his union fandom. His uh, he has some ideas about the union off season moves, and uh, it was it was a fun talk. Yeah, yeah. So Zach, you heard you're a cool dude, and that's why we had you on. If you weren't cool, we wouldn't have invited you on. True. So take that as a lesson. The rest cool of kids you. only. Cool kids only. So if you haven't been on the podcast, you're not cool. <laughs> so far, <laughs> the only cool people we know are Charlie Lyon, our dad, and Zach. Well. We don't know a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we're recording right now, so that's weird. <laughs> um, we're cool. Uh, so let's get into talk about the union before we uh, expose that we're not cool. Um, yeah. So the, uh, last week, Jim Curtin and Ernst Tanner had their end of year press conference. Nothing really came out. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, I don't know. I always like hearing t- Ernst Tanner talk, but um, yeah. nothing, nothing too no- noteworthy, I guess, newsworthy. Yeah. Shout um, out to the. The Twitter guys. Oh mentioned. yeah, um, uh, McGovern and uh, yeah, Saunders. Saunders. Yeah. Shouts to you guys. Wow. I don't know if you listen. They, they made it. Yeah, but they you guys, it. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but, but the the thing that came out last week that we're going to kind of talk about is player contract situations. So yeah, so there there's a a good uh, list of guys who are guaranteed, optioned, and then out of contract. So let's just start with the the guaranteed contract. It's um. Uh, I'll run through it pretty quickly. It's Aronson, Bedoya, Blake, Elliot, DeVries, Freeze, Gaddis, Shabilko, Santos, Turner, Wagner, and Vooten. So the only two names that are kind of unknowns, well, I guess kind of three names would be Turner, DeVries, and Vooten. Yeah. Um. So weirdly. Uh, but out of that group, I'm, pr- I'm pretty glad that all those guys are guaranteed. Gaddis, I could take or leave, but I guess it's good to have a right back signed um, and guaranteed be playing to get your left back signed and guaranteed uh get yeah, Elliot is you know we oh, our yeah. best center back our starting goalkeeper our captain our young number 10 like you got two strikers who uh, I guess three strikers between Vooten, Santos and Shabilko. Yeah, so that's that's a that's a solid uh, core to build off of. Um and you want to go and keep moving forward. 
Um, yeah, just looking at those names, I don't think anyone is on that list. So I'm like, oh, I can't wait to lose their salary. So yeah. guaranteed contract going into this next season, I'm pretty happy with. Um, what's the next one you said? Uh, let's go to um, options available. Okay. So this is um, Allen, Bendick, Burke, Craval, Fabian, Fontana, Bezo, Mackenzie, Galena, Real, and Trusty. Now a lot of names there. Right. All right. Uh, and I, one note, I think Curran said in the, in the press conference that uh, some of the younger guys, apparently, they didn't say any specifics, but those guys were able to, are going to be able to train with other teams uh, in the offseason. I don't know if that means just, like, experience in, like, Europe or whatever or with, like, other MLS, USL teams to get, like, contracts. So, like, I, I don't know. I, I took that kind of either could go either way. But um, of those guys, who would you want back most? I would say, and not that anyone's going to remember these names, but the last six that you mentioned. Okay. So those names, they're, they're just the young guys. It's Fontana, Mbezo, McKenzie, Galena, Real, and Trusty. Right. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think Trusty and McKenzie are no-brainers. Um, I know people might be down on Trusty, but I love the kid, and I think, I mean, he started, what, 20, 20, 24 games or something for us I this season. it was season. like 22. Yeah. 22 games. That's still so, a healthy amount for a 21-year-old. Yeah, he started two-thirds of the season of our best year ever. Um, yeah, he had some moments, but you can't you can't tell me that none of the other guys haven't had moments. Right. Um, and his dip in form allowed Mark McKenzie to get minutes with like, which like we all love Mark McKenzie too. So like, with if that didn't happen, we would we would we would have seen like no Mark McKenzie this whole year, and that would have been like probably a big step back for him in terms of his career. Yeah. Um, so they're working together. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess that's the point you're making. Uh, <laughs> no, just, I don't know. You get to see more guys play when, when it just shows we kind of have good. depth. <laughs> I don't know. We just like, it shows we have like depth in our, in our youth guys. I don't know. Well done. Austin trustee. You let Mark McKenzie play because you had a different form. Um, <laughs> no, I don't, whatever. whatever. Yeah, let, let, yeah. Let's, let's, uh, I, I want Real and Aguilina, Aguilina and Ambezo just to come back just because they didn't really get a chance this year. Not that they really expected to. I mean, Real, I guess, expected to be more involved. But I, I, I would be nervous to give up Real, Galena, Fontana, or Ambezo to anyone else and then to have to play them and be like, man, we we were dumb not to pick up their option. I feel like they're young enough and cheap enough where – we should keep them on the books, and they're guys who could uh, give us a, a healthy dividend back. Yeah, there's definitely something a little like kind of personal with the homegrowns. Yeah, like seeing like Derek Jones left. Like, I, like he obviously didn't play a, a lot with the union as much as we would have liked, but it like it kind of felt like a kind of like hurt a little bit seeing him move. And then like if he had success with Nashville, like we'd be happy for him. But it's also like that could have been ours. So it's kind of like a you don't want to kind of have any like missed opportunities with these young guys. Right. Right. Um. And I don't think they're to the point where they're a lost cause yet. Like sometimes you just have to move on. Um, Freddie Adu, for example, like he was he was a guy who you had to pay up for, and he just wasn't giving you what you were paying for. But I don't I don't think these guys are gonna. I mean, they're obviously not gonna cost a bunch, but they could potentially uh, fill in at spots. Um, right. And like other guys, like I don't know, like Corey Burke is a huge question mark for like other factors. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him back. I think he could be a a, a nice uh, source of goals next year. Um, but it's yeah, that's not really, it's something that's it's really hard to talk about since we don't know like if he's able to come back. Like it's yeah, I just never know how good Burke really is. I don't I don't I don't know if I've really been as high on him as 
maybe other people. I don't really know where you stand on him as far as, but I think he could be a really good option in the four four two, like as a pressing forward. Like he he, he does have a high work rate. He does. He, mm-hmm. he he's willing to, to to like press in in that way. And I think I don't know. He has a, a knack for scoring. Uh, so I I don't know. I think he he has value. Yeah. Maybe not as a starter, but definitely has value on this roster. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I guess. I guess just looking at the other names, um, I just feel like Shabilko has a better, better finish, a little more technical abilities. Santos is more athletic, a bigger guy, faster guy, and then, and then there's Vooten, who between him and Burke, I don't know. I mean, I just haven't seen anything from Vooten to show me that he's better than Burke, but he's got a track record that would suggest. He should be, I guess. Uh, then the other guys on our list were Craval, Fabian, Bendick, and Allen. I don't think there's any reason to keep R.J. Allen. Uh, yeah, that's that was kind of a yeah a, emergency signing, yeah, like just in case. But yeah, Joe Bendick, uh, I guess a nice veteran to have, but not again, necessary. Looking, uh, we could probably a, find a cheaper one if you like he with his, I don't know experience in MLS he's probably has a, a bit a bit of a price tag random thing uh transfer market had him as the 25th highest valued player that the union have brought in in their history that's he was at like half a mil so I and huh. I, I'm not saying that's what they paid for him I I don't know I'm sure that information's out there and I just don't know it but uh yeah if that's we could probably find a cheaper option yeah exactly. and Andre Blake if he stays with the team like like which he's guaranteed to like he's enough of a veteran by now that like we don't need Joe Bennick to like be kind of like teaching him up or whatever. Right. Um Fabian's pretty pretty much out the door. He thanked the team for their time. Yeah. And then the only guy really would be Craval. What where do you stand on Craval? Um I wouldn't mind him back. I think he's a pretty serviceable uh defensive mid. Um it's it it's nice it was nice to have him in case like with Medunin and like Medunin didn't really need to be subbed out with it like he played every minute but um like having a defensive midfielder at least on the bench isn't a bad card to have mm-hmm. yeah 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 i guess i'd agree um there might not, be an upgrade there or be... whatever but like i think if, if he's an option like a cheap option that's not bad not yeah a yeah go. i guess i'd have to look at his contract yeah because he's not going to be bringing the flash but he has been a solid guy to come in and just kind of play some good positional defense and not make any giant mistakes. Uh, I mean, he doesn't really give us much going offensively. Doesn't pass the ball well, but positionally, he's, he puts himself in a good defensive spot. So, yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much what, what you'd want for a defensive mid sub. Yeah. So then to move to the um, out of contract guys, it's um, Colin, Elsino, Madudin, Montero, and Pico. And that's a pretty interesting list. I was going to say that out of all three lists, that list is the smallest but it might have the most overall talent on it right um i don't want to I, I i just don't want to even talk about those guys i know we're going to but like it's just like hard to imagine not having some of those guys back yeah so like from a kind of like a, a bigger perspective this like we had a good team so like obviously like like last year, like we, we had a, a decent team, but like losing some players, like there's like dead weight on the roster. This team is, is a little more, it's a, it's a, a more depth, a, a team with more depth. So like we might be losing guys that like are actually good. Then, and that's like, that's what this, this out of contract list shows. Like these guys are good players. It's gonna, it's kind of like, it makes you nervous to lose guys like this. Yeah. 
and it sounds like we we might lose Montero. Yeah, um, that's pretty much. But done, the good right? thing about losing him is he'd be going. We'd be losing him to Europe. We wouldn't be losing him to in the league. Sure. Yeah. Um, Fafa, if if we've seen the last of Fafa, he I would say would probably stay in the league and find a place with wingers. Um, yeah, it's probably would be best for him too to find yeah. a different team that's uh, yeah has plays with wingers for for his role. I've really enjoyed having him though. I really do like oh, Fafa. Yeah. I think he I I think he's been a great character, great great effort guy, and um, has been around for some good moments. Yeah, yeah, I like him a lot. Colin, I I go, I don't really care um, yeah. about that one. Elsino Madunin though, those are like I think I, I like think, we we have to be working to get those guys back, right. right? Like I know they're they're both older. Um, I think you try to give them a Fabian type contract where you give them a year with an option, a team option, where you can yeah. kind of give them moments, and then if if Madunin shows he's old and moving even less, then say all right, well. You're going to not be our every minute of every game guy. And then El Sino, I think you really, if you bring him back, you're you're kind of limited to what you can do with him. Although that's what I kind of I mean, of that's good. Like, he was lit this past season. Like he kind of yeah, almost he, embraced that super sub role. Right. But he also played 120 minutes in the U.S. Open Cup. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, that's just saying, like, you, like, you know what you're getting. Uh, if you're signing him, you're signing him for 30 minutes a game, which. I'd say it comes down to what's the contract look like, and uh, yeah, I, I think there's just you get got to judge the value of uh, minutes there, right? So. And it's also like if he's like if he's willing to come back, like like he's made a decent amount of money, he's getting yeah. up there in age, like maybe he's like kind of ready to to hang it up. But according, to, I don't know, randomly, yeah. uh, according to transfer market, he was the most valuable transfer into the union, um, even more than. Fabian. Hmm. So I don't know. I whatever. It's a website. Uh, <laughs> it's a website. <laughs> it's a website. Um, so yeah, there's some interesting names. Uh, yeah. It's like yeah, we can't like I don't know. It's all just speculation. We're, we're kind of just giving our opinions on these guys. But like, well, so hopefully I don't know. In the next couple of weeks, we'll see some movements or, or some more uh, uh, contracts made with or you know, options picked up with some of these guys that make our our, our roster a little less a uh, little less question marks. So with that we kind of want to go into the six. Um, with Madunian. So our team this year had our best season ever. Madunian obviously was a huge piece of that playing every minute, sitting back there, being the distributor. Um, but he's kind of getting up there. Uh, we know where he l- is limited defensively. And so I, I'm just kind of wondering. So he can't play forever. We've kind of talked about this on the podcast before that He's kind of the most vital player on our team. Where without him, we our team cannot do the same things that we are doing this year. We were very fortunate that he didn't suffer any injuries, that he didn't have to miss any time because he was so vital, dropping between the center backs, finding the ball, and then uh, spraying it left to right all over the field, playing through balls and all. And so I guess my question going into the offseason is, one, how likely is it that if we have to move on from him, we can keep playing the same way with a a replacement who can kind of imitate what he's been doing. Or two, do we go and find a different style defensive midfielder, kind of a ball winner, kind of more of a gritty guy, um, and kind of change the way we play? And if that's the case, 
then do we change the players that we put around him? Whether it's a four four two, do we change and kind of have more of a I don't know technical passers around him if he's more of a ball winner, or do we have more shuttler guys who are receiving the ball from our number six? You see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do Do you want to go or do you want it? I I guess I need a second to think about it. Okay. So I I kind of feel like it's more logical to go with um kind of a ball winner uh defensive minded number six and then have the more passing players in those kind of more advanced midfield roles um and I, but i just feel like we didn't really move to that just because Bajun is such a talent it's and he's was just so good for this team that we couldn't really just uh like once tanner came in we couldn't just immediately uh, like move to that an entirely new system just because of it you know, just such a special talent and he and he just was so plugged into this team but i feel like at, maybe now it's like time to like kind of find the replacement move towards that like that kind of full press really like covers a lot of ground midfielder um and and kind of work around that way and just because it's also really, really hard to find players like Medunin. Like it it's like almost impossible to find a replacement that that plays like him. Right. And I, I, I he did do the press well. I think we this year, um, despite having like individual one on one defensive liabilities, I think he he made up for it with his head and where he could kind of read plays and kind of put himself into passing lanes. Cause oftentimes he would be one of the top like defensive interceptors. Like if you look at the stats, he always had lots of interceptions and um, wins. And it's not not because he's uh, certainly not out hustling guys, out battling guys. It's just he's kind of reading the game well. And so, yeah, I guess that's the question going into the offseason with Ernst and, and what pieces he's bringing back. So I'm kind of looking at Craval, and it's like if we put Craval back there, then I feel like you need a different guy along with Bedoya or Aronson who – might be more of a technical passer type player rather than someone to protect Craval. Whereas if you have Harris, then you kind of need to protect him a little more with a little more grit, a little more ball winners around him. I I don't I don't have the answer. I'm just just kind of throwing that question out there. Right. And kind of just throwing that idea out there. I think also like it helps Mizunin to have Montero out there. I think he was able to cover a lot right. of ground and, mm-hmm. and and like you said, like just kind of cover for Mizunin. And but since also Montero is like ninety nine percent likely to not come back, I don't like. I think that's kind of like kind of solves that problem for us. Like we need to find a new player in, in that position. And, it, and if it's not going to be Montero, like maybe we can look into a different type of player and and kind of shift our our tactics uh, going forward. Right. Right. So that's, that's that's just one thing. Looking at these contract things, it's a big question mark, and something that I thought, not not that I thought we were, I mean, I thought we were in a good spot. We are in a good spot. We still are. Yeah, there's still just there, there's question marks, and, and we yeah. trust Tanner, but like it's just, and, and you know, it's still basically not even the off season yet. There's still MLS Cup, but like mm-hmm. we're kind of eager to see where this team is gonna go with with these few uh uh you know, right. moves. Right. And last year, I guess we did learn so. Yeah, Fabian didn't exactly pan out the way we thought, but it was a big signing, and it was money that Jay Sugarman put out, and I think it gave gave the impression that we were going for it a little more than we have in the past. Um, when Fabian came in, all of us were kind of predicting, like, this is a guy who could be kind of up towards that MVP-type 
kind of player, someone who's going to really dominate the midfield. Of course, he didn't pan out like that, but so it's, I'm just saying there's not something to say that like we're not going to get a player like that. Um, Jay went for it and tried signing a guy like that. So it is cool going into the offseason with that in our past as a, as a potential, okay, like two months from now, I might be looking at this team with, holy smokes, we've got that guy and yeah. that guy. Or it or could be a guy that we're like, I, we never heard of this guy, but he right. could be a, a, you know, a diamond in rough like Montero or like Kai Wagner. Mm-hmm. Like we we could find, like get these players that we don't, Never, never, never heard of, but they could actually be like great talents that Tanner found through his his network and could really surprise us and a lot of other like other MLS teams. Like when, when we see these guys, yeah. If you think about the guys we brought in last season, Sergio Santos, never heard of him. Casper Shabilko, never heard of him. Um, yeah, Montero, never heard of him. Fabian kind of knew who he was based on uh, Mexico, and uh, Andrew yeah, like- Vooten. Knew who he was because he's an American striker, uh, but no one really saw him play. And right? Yeah, and so it's just yeah, you're right. Like we, it's not just because uh, we might not know who they are. It doesn't mean that they're not going to be good. Although you watch those Montero highlights when oh when yeah, they signed, uh, it's yeah. like holy smokes, this guy's going to be good. Yeah, and he he lived up to it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. So I do want before we get into MLS Cup, I want to talk about our depth. I was kind of thinking about this year we had a lot of depth on our team with all of these guys. And so I was kind of thinking about this, and the depth that we had was better than ever, but I kind of felt like it ended up being just regular season kind of deep, not playoff winning kind of deep. And so throughout the regular season, we didn't really have too many injuries, thankfully, but our subs were all pretty strong, and we were able to get get results as needed. But then when we come into the playoffs, we hit these teams, and it just kind of felt like their their teams were deeper with a lot more skill. Particularly Atlanta was one. Um, even watching Toronto, they've got these guys who have a lot of worldly experience, um, uh, uh, just a lot of talent. And so, yeah, we were deep, but there's still still depths. To reach if that yeah. makes sense and i do think like the injuries like i think losing Casper was really like he was kind of like our only hope going into like like a playoff game against atlanta like that we we were kind of really behind the behind the um i don't know behind the cards what's, what's, what's Be- behind the eight ball behind the eight ball uh with playing without our, our playing Casper in atlanta and it's kind of weird because all year we were talking oh man we've got all this depth and then like Casper goes down and it's like wait right. like can we really count on Andrew Vooten, Fafa, or Sergio Santos? It's like, well, Santos had a good game last week. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess yeah, Casper just became such a a vital part of our offense. Mm-hmm. Even if he wasn't scoring the goals, he was you know, moving the defense around, holding the ball up. Like he was working a, a whole lot to uh, to get our offense going. So, yeah, it, I think that I think the depth is still there's still obviously places to improve but I, I do I don't know like I don't think it was that big of a gap between us and Atlanta as far as that like obviously they have the money and all that but like having we still had Elsino Fabian off the bench we still had I mean like Andrew Vruton so Ka- part of me is like Santos are still decent strikers they they are decent I'm not going to say they're not but like part of me feels like we are lucky that Casper had the season he had and also like 
if if he didn't score 15 goals, so let's let's say he had, because coming into the season he wasn't a guy that anyone was like, oh, Casper's going to be our main goal scorer. It was Sergio Santos, Marco Fabian, Corey Burke, Corey Burke. But then this guy Casper catches fire and he scores a bunch of goals. If he didn't score those goals, though, like I'm not sure we have a place where they were going to come from outside of him, and and like we didn't know he was this good, but he's also had injuries, so if he's not the same Casper, if he doesn't score, you know, 15 goals for us next season, where are those goals coming from? Yeah, and I don't know if we have that. Now we might, Vooten might, you know, now that he's got an actual off season to kind of regenerate and get himself right. He might be that guy. Santos showed glimpses of it. Yeah. He might, and it's just like we don't really know. Whereas like Atlanta is coming into next season, like all right, well we know we're getting twenty five goals from Joseph. Um, so Pitsy Barco, like yeah, Nagby Gressel, like Toronto knows they're getting so many goals from Josie. Yeah. NYCFC knows they're getting so many goals from Castellanos, Moderita, whoever they're. Yeah, so I I feel like the uh, what point you're making is. They all have a, at least once a secondary goal scoring, like mm-hmm. consistent goal scorer. We just had Casper this year, and we and my my point is like we were kind of lucky to even have Casper, right? So yeah, yeah, we definitely are mi- we're missing like a secondary consistent goal scorer that we could rely on. Like, like you said, like it. There's just no plan B in terms of going scoring goals. Yeah, think about our. Um, I wish I had this up uh, before now, but. Our leading goal scorers over the past few years. Um, let's see. So this year was Casper. The year before was Burke. CJ. Oh, was it was it Burke last year? Right. I guess so. And then CJ. Then probably like Latou before that. But like we haven't had a guy who's just kind of led our team in goals consistently for more than like one or two years. I feel like. Right. And, and I don't have like. The stats in front of me. Yeah, it Maybe. was a two, and then like CJ almost became that guy, yeah. but never really was too consistent enough. And so that's just, I, I, I guess that's it. We just don't know. Whereas like some teams who have their guy, like Montreal even, and like Montreal is garbage. Um, but they always had Piatti, or they always had Devio, and right. so like multiple years of having a guy who they knew was that's our guy who's going to get us this many goals. Let's fill in the depth around him. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's definitely something we need to uh, continue to work on, even though we did have a decent team of depth this, mm-hmm. this past year. Yeah, yeah. Um, you want to go to MLS Cup? Yeah, let's. I, I yeah, we don't really have much more to say about the Union. So, yeah. MLS Cup is coming up this weekend. Uh, where are you going to watch it? I don't know. Where do you want to watch it? I'm not going to be here. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I'm just going to watch it then. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't have any other friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, Toronto, Seattle... Uh, round three, right? Yeah. Of MLS Cup. So, yeah. so this who, time in Seattle. In Seattle. Who are you going to root? The first two were in Toronto? Right. So who are you rooting for this time? Well, Seattle. I, I, I'm tired of uh, Asian teams winning. I don't know. Like, what, I, What'd you say? Asian teams? Eastern teams winning. Eastern teams winning. Yeah. Because okay. hey, I don't know. I just, I know it's like, it makes it look <laughs> like our, 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 uh, our, our conference is like the stronger conference, but like, I don't know. I don't like rooting for Toronto. I never, you know, you never like rooting for Eastern conference teams. Because it, it just I don't know it makes it harder for the Union no matter what, so yeah I'm rooting for Seattle I think they're they're definitely a more likable team either way, but, you know, Jordan Morris is more likable than Michael Bradley, so that's that's how I'm looking at it. Um yeah yeah I guess I see what you're saying. 
we're I don't really care about this game. Like like of all the team of the four semifinals, this is the matchup I would kind of least care about. Mm-hmm. If LAFC was in, I'd I'd kind of be rooting for them just to I don't know have them have that title of best season ever. Not that I really care, but they also show like money. Money's important, and yeah, let's let's put some money into the team. And then if Atlanta was in it, then I'd just for, for whoever was against Atlanta. Yeah. But, like, I don't really have a hate towards either of these teams. I don't really have – obviously don't like either of them or have a fandom towards either of them. Yeah. I mean, on the money point, like, so Seattle and Toronto are also in, like, the top five of spending teams. Oh. So, like, that that also, like, proves that point. But I don't know. I think I think it's what's interesting is that, like, being this is the third matchup in, like, four years of the scenes, in a league that has, like, you know, very little history – I feel like this kind of reoccurrence kind of creates that kind of history that we, that can like build a kind of random, not manufactured by MLS rivalry mm-hmm. that we see maybe maybe not too, I don't know, not too frequently because I don't know they, they only play like once a year in in the regular season, but I think that like kind of these kind of matchups kind of c- could create a history that looking back like these finals created. Yeah, that, yeah, I don't know, cool. yeah. If I said six point five million dollars, six point five oh, million dollars. Yeah, do you Michael, know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Michael Bradley's like contract like trigger if if they win MLS Cup or something. Like, yeah, he yeah. Gets, so like, if they win, next year. if Toronto wins MLS Cup, he has a contract clause that will be triggered that pays him six point five million dollars next year. And so that's wild. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna root for someone not to make six point five. That's million like a dollars. a Nick Foles clause. It feels like right, you yeah. know. Um, I'm sure when they wrote it in, they're like, eh, this is probably isn't going to happen. Let's just throw a number out there. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of people don't like Michael Bradley. So in a way I kind of hope he wins. I always, I don't know. I like to see people miserable if I can't be happy. <laughs> so we're in, we're that's, in Washington. It's a weird thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> so we're in like kind of Washington area. And so all these people are excited about the Nats winning the world series. And I was rooting against them the whole time. Just because I was like, I'm not happy. I don't. There's no reason for any of you guys to be enjoying this. Go, go Astros. Oh boy. Um. So don't let me know who you like, because <laughs> I'm not rooting for your happiness. Maybe wants no one else to be happy. Um. Do you have a prediction for this game? Um. Uh. uh no. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> for the no g- pressure. There's no, nothing wrong. I, don't know. I think I, Seattle's gonna win two one. I'll Seattle just throw that out there. Two one. Uh, I think it'll be a really boring game, and I'll be really bummed out. But it'll be a one nothing win for Toronto. Oh, one shot on goal. Well, game. <laughs> well, so this was the game that I I convinced some friends to watch a couple years ago, yeah, and it yeah. was a zero zero boring game. They all fell asleep, and I and I had no argument to be like, no, you gotta stick with it. Um, and, and they still will talk to me like AJ. Remember the time you made us watch soccer and. Nobody's and I was like, guys, I I know I apologize. That was just one game, and it was a very poor l- game, and all soccer fans know it. But it's just the way it was. But I I can't convince them to watch it. No. Yeah. So with that, maybe I have a little bitterness towards these two teams in a final. Gotcha. I th- I don't know. I think this will be fun. I think uh, Seattle hosting it will. It's a good. It's gonna be a good atmosphere. It's mm-hmm. a good stadium to host MLS Cup. So that's it's on turf though, right? Yeah, but that stadium's gonna be packed. They're gonna it, whatever. It, it, last year was on turf. Didn't didn't affect the game. Yeah, yeah, but Atlanta's lame too. Okay, whatever. It still doesn't affect the like the play of the game. I think it'll be fine. I mean, don't it does uh, playing on turf does affect the play of the game. But let's let's it's fine. Let's let's not. All right. 
let's let's drop talking about these other teams because Union fans don't care. Um, let's talk about what the Union do care about is Doopy Brother predictions. We don't have a game to predict, so our prediction for, we just predict a game. We did, but <laughs> you made they, me. They, yeah, but that was lame. I don't care. Union predictions, yeah. the only ones that we get wrong. Um, so we're talking about signings. So we're in the off season. What league will our first signing be from? Okay, I'm going to say... Where does Messi play? La Liga? Yeah, I'll take that one. All right. I'm going to go with the Bundesliga 2. Bundesliga 2. Yeah, Ernst is going to go back into his uh, his Rolodex and, and pick out a, a nice player for us. Give me a name. No. Okay. <laughs> so I will go with uh, the Air Device, okay. the Dutch League. And so... The Ernie, Tan- Ernie Stewart uh, connections. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, that's just one of my favorite leagues to watch. But I... I went to their homepage and kind of a shout out to Kincaid. And he always talked about this guy, Adam Maher, <laughs> coming to the union. And so I go to the Earth Advice homepage and it, the entire homepage is Adam Maher wins player of the month for Earth Advice. And I was like, holy smokes. Like, what a. It's a sign. What a sign, I guess. It's a it sign that so he's random. not looking for another team. I've literally never, <laughs> I've never gone to this website before. And. The one guy from their league who I would recognize his name is on the front page. So uh, thanks, Kevin Kincaid, and congrats to your guy for winning Player of the Month. <laughs> um, so uh, that's it for the first half of our episode. Stay tuned for the second half. We're going to have Zach come on. He's going to talk about all kinds of union stuff. Um, yeah, it's a fun pocket, fun uh, interview. And then we'll leave it after that, and then we'll be back next week with uh, another interview. Yeah, well, um, yeah. I guess I don't want to say who next week's interview will be yet, just because we haven't confirmed with her. But uh, yeah, we're excited for next week's as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be good. Thanks for listening and enjoy this interview after the break. Hey guys, Two Brothers here. We're here with our friend Zach. He traveled last week from Lynchburg, Virginia, over to Fredericksburg. Um, on Twitter, you can follow him at Rack Zickman. Zitchman? Zitchman. And, yeah, uh, Zitchman. Zitchman. So he's going to be here talking with uh, me and Luke about the union. So uh, welcome, Zach. Thanks for coming yeah. on. Thanks for joining, Zach. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. This is awesome. So, I mean, I guess where to begin would be uh, kind of how'd you get into the union? What, what's like, I mean, you're, you're in Virginia right now like us. So mm-hmm. we've kind of talked about how we've gotten into the union. Tell us about your experiences. Yeah, so uh, I remember it was, I think it was my freshman year of high school was their opening, like their inaugural season. So like I remember their first year, I really didn't pay attention a whole lot because I was a freshman in high school. I was so distracted by so many other things. Um, Girls. But yeah, that and just <laughs> other sports really just playing and stuff. Um, but I remember staying up because it was a late game against Seattle. I think we played like the Sounders our first game away. I remember staying up and watching that and I was like, okay, like, I don't know how into this I'll get. But then the next season, I believe, I think it was like 2011, uh, my brother was like an account intern. So he was like their, like one of their accountants that was like working for free. So like he would always get like a ton of free tickets and like free merch and stuff. So like I remember. Uh, one day specifically, uh, my my high school team had just lost. Like I think it was like one nothing. I was coming off like a pretty rough game because I think I like missed like a wide open shot, 
in front of like the net and like the 18. It kind of sucked. It was it was a bad day uh, for the for our soccer team. But I remember my brother calling my dad and I after the game. He's like, "Yo, do you guys want to come uh, to the Union game tonight? It's free. I got like free tickets." And I was like, "Dad, we gotta go if it's free." And he was like, "Yeah, sure. Like, let's go home and change." So we get to the stadium, and I think we got there late. I think it was like in the 10th minute already. But they were playing the New New England Revolution. I think that's who they were playing. But this was like a makeup game because, like, my brother was like, "Yeah, we got the tickets for free because it's like a makeup game because of like a hurricane that hit or something that year." Like, I can't really remember what the name of the hurricane was, but the game itself was probably at the time the most wild sporting event I'd ever witnessed in my life. One because I didn't know what live soccer looked like, so like seeing like the Sons of Ben like was just wild to me I was like I want to be a part of that one day like so that's still my goal is like when I move back home at some point like I'm going to join up even any supporter section really um I just that that section just getting the crowd electrified with their chants is just awesome so that really drew me in but that game in specifics I don't know if you guys remember this or not but we went down I think it was like four nothing like, I think it might have been 3 nothing going into half. Okay. And then yeah. it was, like, in the 50th minute, like, they scored their fourth goal or something like that. And my dad looks at me, and he goes, how how much are we going to sit through of this? And I was like, I don't know. Like, it's our first game. Like, it's kind of – like let's just wait it out. And then I remember specifically – this was when Roger Torres, uh, Sebastian, the two were all still playing. And I remember we got one back, like, right after they scored their fourth one. I was like, okay, this is what – and I was introduced to Dupe, you know, like you – you sing the song and whatnot. And I'm like sitting over there in like the corner of the stadium where the away supporters usually sit. And I was just like, there were no away supporters. And it was just like me and my dad in this section by ourselves. And we were like, okay, they scored one. Let's see where it goes. Another like five minutes goes by. I think Justin Mapp had like an assist on this goal. I can't remember exactly. I was trying to find like the, the what do you call it? The highlights of the game, but I couldn't really find it. All I remember yeah. was we came back and it was three, four going into like the 85th minute and I remember this specifically because Sebastian the two got like pulled down in the box at our like in front of like the sons of Ben at the time and it was like the 86th minute 87th minute and he got it and he was awarded a PK and all I remember was like looking at my dad I was like this is wild if they tie this up like we just witnessed like one of the coolest like comebacks for like I think this this soccer team ever and Sebastian the two just gets he just goes to the spot and he just puts it back and you're like, Oh, like, this is awesome. Like this is four, four, like going to the 90th. And then one of new England's players had gone down for like, I want to say like 10 minutes, like for like a bad head injury during the second half. So there was like seven minutes of stoppage time. So like we were sitting there, we were like, you know how like you just like keep attacking, you keep attacking and you're anticipating like another goal to happen. It never came, but like the last like 30 minutes of that game was probably some of the most impressive attacking like prowess of the Philadelphia Union that I'd ever seen until like what is it three weeks ago when we played uh New York right, in yeah. the second <laughs> half so but yeah no that's how I really got introduced to the Union was that game like the fact that they fought back and they never gave up like that's what I like I really liked about them and I think that's what really like got me into watching uh, and supporting this team so yeah that's that's how I got yeah, started awesome. with it yeah, that's kind of like what I love about MLS and I mean, just I mean, I guess sports in general, but particularly MLS. So it's like such a young league that fans are growing into the sport as the league grows. Like, right. 
mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago, I had a chance. I took a bunch of friends to a, from Virginia. We drove up and went to a game, and ended up being a really crappy game. We were playing Portland. It was the game ended zero zero. There was a lightning delay for like a half an hour in the middle of the game, and I was like, I like felt really bad. I was like, man, guys, sorry, you saw a zero zero game. It, Wait, hold on. Do you remember? Like, what, do you remember what color Portland was wearing? Were they wearing the red jerseys that game? Uh, I don't remember. Were you there? Is that what you're thinking? I, I like, I'm thinking I was at that game because I remember waiting in the concourse for about like 20 minutes. Right, right, right. That, yeah, so it was a long delay. We were just, we're, yeah. it, was, it was like the chicken and peep game. And, uh, yeah, yeah. but everyone was like, AJ, that was, that was so fun. We had such a good time. And, and it was just based on, you know, the whole experience of tailgating, eating chicken and peeps, watching soccer. And like in the stadium, you have such a good view no matter. And we had, we had seats up in a corner. Um, and they all just walked away like that was awesome we can't wait to come back again and so since then i've been able to bring a a handful of buddies back to the stadium but that's just kind of like the story of growing the sport and it's cool to hear that's kind of like what happened to you you went to a game and enjoyed enjoyed it so much now you're a diehard union fan yeah um yeah so so yeah so so you're like us kind of stuck in virginia and uh we don't really have many union fans around here are you you're kind of in the same boat yeah for sure um yeah so the kind of area that i'm in i think when i was explaining it to you guys it's kind of like a melting pot of like everybody around the world so like i go to like a huge university where they have a bunch of international kids come so when i mentioned when i first started playing to these kids like just like intramurals and like pickup and whatnot at at school when I first moved down here, I was like, yeah, I'm an MLS fan. And, like, I, I at the time, I had still, like, supported Liverpool. But, I, like, that's how I wanted people to know me. It was, like, the kid that liked MLS. And so, for the longest time, I got made fun of because I only watched MLS. But then, like, over the years, people were like, oh, okay. Like, let's see what, like, this new – like, for instance, like, two years ago when LAFC came into the league, people – like, I saw, like, a bunch of black YouTube jerseys walking around campus. I'm like, okay hopping on the bandwagon, but like, right, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. not, there's not many, when I would say I'm a Philadelphia Union fan, I would freak out when I would see somebody walking around in like a Chicago fire jersey. Like, I'd be like, yo, right, do you watch yeah. MLS? And they're like, yeah, like, do you know, like the fire? I'm like, yeah, I'm not a fan, but like, I support the league. <laughs> and then, and then I would like grow friendships off of that. But yeah, there's not many, there's not many people in Virginia that I think so one support the union and two a lot of the people in Virginia that go to that are in this area they say they're DC fans but they know nothing about the team so it's like if I try and talk to them it's like oh Rooney he's doing really good I'm like yeah he doesn't play for him anymore but like it's all right (laughs) (laughs) so so have you been able to successfully bring any uh any of those people to union games or try to convert any any uh any of those to, to become union fans yeah, so it's actually kind of funny. Uh, one of my good buddies, Nick, uh, he was my roommate my sophomore year of college, but he's from like Johnstown, PA, which is kind of like near Pittsburgh. And so when I, when I first met him on my hall my freshman year, he was wearing a union jersey. And I was like, you a union fan? He's like, no, my dad just got me this jersey because like it's the team oh. in Pennsylvania, <laughs> but I don't even watch. And it was a blank jersey. It was like the first year. Like it didn't even have like the Beambo logo across the front. So it was just like that blue Navy jersey with the, the gold stripe down the middle. So, like, I'm like, dude, we should watch a game sometime. 
And then Nick and I became really good friends. And then that summer, I remember taking him to his first union game and we tailgated, but I can't remember who it was against. And he was ever since he's, he's gone to games with me. Um, so for instance, now he lives in like the DC area. So when we played in DC this year, I called Nick up. I was like, yo, we got to go to this game. Like the team's really good this year. And he's like, bro, I'm all in. So like I went up there and spent the weekend with him and we were up in the supporter section for the away fans uh, for the DC game. And we won five, one, I think that was the end score five, one. And I was just right. yeah, ecstatic was good good. because I, for well, for one with the whole Alejandro Bedoya, like comments in the mic, we all saw him like go down and like reach for something, but we're like, what is he, is he getting water? Like what? And then we all got the update on our phones and we started freaking out all together up there. So that was really cool. But yeah, no, uh, Nick was probably the one kid that uh, I was able to get to a union game and he liked it. But ever since I've had friends from New Jersey where I would go home and they would come and they've gotten into it. That's awesome. I love hearing stories of just like the sport growing and yeah. people taking people and having good experiences because I mean, that's just the way it's going to grow. You get there, you're going to love it. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's more fun to it grow through like friendship and connection rather than like new players, like, you know, guys like Satan bring like f- kind of fake fans into, into stadiums. Yeah. But it's, it's much more satisfying to hear like a uh, friendships through like a, a abstract MLS jersey you see like walking down the street. And it is yeah, tough, he's, like, he's an one of my fan. best friends too, which is wild. That is cool. Yeah, sometimes I have a hard time being an MLS fan because, like, people do, they still look down on the league sometimes. Right. They're like, oh, I, I watch Euro, the Euro snobs. Just people say, like, oh, I don't watch MLS. I watch good soccer. And it's like, if you're a soccer fan, like, support the soccer that's local to you. Like, I'm not saying don't like Liverpool, don't like Arsenal, don't like uh, Barcelona, but also support the sport around you because it's not going to get better if you don't support it. So I always get annoyed with those people. Um, right. I know, I know Luke, you said you've gotten annoyed with these people. and Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's like there's you can actually participate in this league. You can like go to these games and feel these atmospheres like meet. It's so much easier to like meet the players or you like kind of make those connections. And, and, and that goes so much further than like watching games on TV every week. As far as like as fun as that is, there's there's a limit to that. Yeah, like, I almost think that, like, when, if you don't, like, so, for instance, you have, like, these Euro snobs uh, over here in the States, like, if they're not supporting MLS, like, can they actually say that they're helping, like, like, grow the sport in this country? Because a lot of, like, the kids are coming up through the academies now, and if you don't support that team, like, how can they, one, fund the academy, and then send those kids over to Europe to get better to play for our national team? So, it comes full circle in that sense, I feel like. So, right. If if you're not supporting you know, like your local like soccer teams or like just even an MLS club at this point, and you call yourself like a USA like soccer fan or even like just a soccer fan in general in the states, then I don't think you're doing enough for the sport. Like I think, I think you really need to support a club in itself over here, and that way I feel like you can help grow the sport in itself in the country, and hopefully one day. Hopefully in 2022 or 2026, we'll we'll get that cup, and you'll see Christian Pulisic pass it over to Sergino Dest, and then Sergino Dest passed it over to Timothy Way, and just it, oh I can't wait and for that day. Brendan Hopefully Aronson. it happens. Yeah, and Brent and Brendan Harrison exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mark McKenzie, Matt Freeze, man, we got we got the guys. Um. <laughs> 
yeah yeah 2026 mark it down and uh, and like on that kind of note it's like we got to watch this team from the from its beginning and like this league is like still basically in its infancy compared to the other leagues so it's like it's so cool to be a part of like the kind of like round floor of like this kind of a, a league that we expect to be around for you know 50 100 years like like it, as you know as this like league grows like in 50 years we can look back and say like, yeah we went to we went to one of the first home games and even if you don't you get those chances you went to one of the first games of like first playoff win like we got to see these kind of historic moments for this team and and this league as a whole like look like in the future we're gonna look back and think about how cool like these seasons are yeah like i got to see sebastian latou play and he's the first guy in the ring of honor right. by then we'll have maybe two or three more guys in the ring of honor he and actually like, oh, was yeah, the reason i remember i wore number nine like after going to that oh, game, nice. i was number 21 for my high school team the next year i picked number nine like specifically because of that reason like sebastian latou is the reason why i wore number nine in high school like no there's like no debating that like that oh, is the reason that's why cool. i took it like so that that in itself that game not only did that make me a supporter but like i became like a, a fanatic of the players like sebastian latou for instance like i wanted to be like him even though i didn't play the same position like i just wanted to be able to go into the attack like he could but that's that's like one of the reasons why I, I picked my number that season, and I kind of got laughed at by my my teammates at the time. But I was like, you know what? I don't care. Like I support this team, so let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Um, so so everyone who's listening obviously is uh supporting the union real well. Um, I don't think we have any non-union Euro snobs <laughs> listening, so <laughs> I think about that when we were kind of making fun of Euro snobs. Um. Uh, current union the current union come on and talk to us and so we're going into this off season with i guess a lot of question marks yeah yeah i kind of i kind of feel like we have a lot more question marks than i expected going into the off season kind of feeling like mm-hmm. i thought we were in a really good spot with ernst tanner and like all the players that we brought in and then the season ended and it's like holy smokes all of these players have options um and so Going into the off season, where do you think we need to improve? Like, what are your thoughts on that? And do you have any guys who you'd want to replace them? Oh my gosh, I this is where like it's gonna get interesting. I feel like because I have been, <laughs> I play, I play the managerial mode on FIFA, and like I try, I've tried this every year. So right now, I think <laughs> the main position. Well, there's two positions. As much as I want to say that we need to cut bait with Andre Blake and trust in Matt Freeze, like, I think we can get, like, a couple more years out of him. Um, But right now, I think the two positions that we really need to look at are the attacking midfield, so, like, the number 10, as well as the right back. So, with the right back scenario, I think we – I think cutting Keegan Rosenberry and, and sending him off to Colorado for that money was just the most ridiculous move. Like as seeing like what has panned out the last, what, two seasons or one season since he's been gone. Like my buddy Jack was like the biggest Keegan Rosenberry fan ever. And I was just like, oh no, we got Ray Gaddis. He's like more defensive minded. And then like we go to New York and I'm not sure. What, how long has it been since we we haven't had Keegan? It's been two years, yeah? Two seasons? No, no. So just one oh, this season. Is, this and the only reason I know this, yeah, because Luke Luke bought me a, a sweet Keegan Rosenberry jersey for my birthday last year, and then literally two months after I got it, 
he left. Yeah. So Sorry yeah, about that. that's the only reason I know. Um, so yeah, it's been one full season, and Keegan Roseberry played every single minute of the season this year for Colorado. For that's... Colorado, <laughs> it's been so painful. And, and I need yeah. my son Keegan, and so I'm still looking for a right back to replace my son. <laughs> yes. So this is so. I'm not sure how much you guys follow the men's national team at all, but have you heard of the yeah. name Eric Lehigh? Yeah. Where is he at now? So, Isn't he Forrest? That's what I was thinking. So our guy is playing for Hull City over in the championship. So, honestly, if you've watched the men's national team at all, playing like the Gold Cup or just like friendlies or qualify, well, I don't think he got his hand at the qualifiers. But when they would play in, like, the Gold Cup as well as just friendlies, Eric Lehigh would play that right-back role. And I think I've seen in two games that I've watched the national team play live, Eric Lehigh scored. So the runs, the overlapping runs that he makes on the right side of the field, I think he would play next to Paul, like, or right behind Paul Areola. So he would run straight by him. They'd play him the through ball. And then he would get right into the middle. I think – and right now, looking at transfer market, he's only – He's not that much. He's at, he's listed at 1.7 million, but he hasn't played that many games for Hull this season, so his worth could go down, and we could we could have it. We could basically kind of hopefully pick him up, maybe even buy him out for next season. That's who I would like to see us make a move for. I know that's not on like the radar or anything, but he's 30 and Ray Gaddis is 29. So like really, you you'd be kind of getting a an upgrade. I feel like in more of an offensive player. But then again, Ray Gaddis is like the staple on defense. I feel like he's like that veteran. So you, I don't really know what to think about it. But like, if I had to replace Ray Gaddis, this is who I would try and make a move for. That's cool. I'm also uh, looking at transfer market right now as well. Um, it does have the captain's armband next to him. So as far as replacing a veteran, it might be a good guy who could come in and really stabilize that young back line. A good piece who um, would hopefully be an improvement over Ray. Ray. Sure, and, that would uh, be. <laughs> we'd, we'd think. Um, but also as a leader, as he's captaining the whole, whole city right now. Yeah, oh, that's, a, that's a good shout. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, do you, so, so do you think Mbezo is in uh, the next in line? I think, I think he needs maybe like another year or two. Like watching his stuff with the Steel, like you'll, if you follow the Steel on like Instagram, it almost seems like every game, they were, put, they were, like, putting one of his highlights up. So, like, I feel like if he makes that jump into MLS, I think he needs to play, like, the U.S. Open Cup games a little bit, maybe come off the bench uh, in some instances. But I don't necessarily think next season will be his season. Um, I think we need to cut bait with Ray Gaddis, however. So, if they – I mean, I'm not Jim Curtin, but Jim Curtin gave Brendan Aronson the nod against Atlanta and we saw what he did. So if he thinks Mbizer is ready to take that right back role, then I'm going to back Curtin's, Curtin's decision. Yeah. yeah. One thing I've learned this year is uh, Curtin knows his personnel pretty well. For Anytime sure. I felt like I, I had a better idea than Jim Curtin, um, it always backfired on me and Jim pulled out the right move. So yeah, I agree with you and trusting in Jim right now. So you said uh, the other position you want to, you would want to upgrade was the attacking mid position. Do, do you have mm -hmm. a, another player in mind that you'd want to? I this is my dream right now. I am not an Arsenal fan whatsoever, but 
I have been reading a lot about what has been like happening in the locker room with Una Emery and Mezu Ozil. But if for, if somehow, some way, Ernst Tanner could get Mezu Ozil to Philadelphia, I think he would bring not only a lot more fans in to Talon, but I think that team could really get like a spark from somebody that has not only won a World Cup, but also uh, has won a lot necessarily with Arsenal. So I don't know what his price tag looks like, but he's not really playing for Arsenal right now. And I think if if we could somehow, some way make a move for him, that would be like a dream number 10 right now. Yeah, so I... AD is an Arsenal fan. I'm, I'm thinking this. And not a, not a, I'm not a diehard Arsenal fan at any, in any respect. Um, mm-hmm. But I've had friends who have been Ozil fans, and I've, I've, I just have not, I never got on the Ozil kick. And I don't know why. And I, maybe I just need to get on YouTube and look at more highlights or something. But something with me, he's never stood out to me. With that being said, though, if he came to MLS, I mean, I, I'm sure he would crush. I mean, just knowing. Yeah. Uh, that he's an attacking midfielder who's played at the highest level. He's a guy who would definitely, I, I would have no doubt, come to MLS. He would just put us on a different level. And then you're right as far as adding fans and um, just excitement around the team. He would be a signing that would gain a lot of attention and traction. I could definitely see that being a jersey that would crack the top like 25 oh. MLS. Just oh. being just by name recognition. Oh, top, top five. You get Ozo? I mean, who... I don't know who else. I mean, there's still other guys, but sure. Yeah. Slotten would be out. Rooney's out. It's also just a Philly jersey. Schweinstein is out. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the top three. The the Philly jersey is just so clean. Like, but to, if you, if AJ, if you really want to like see what this kid does with youngsters, like watch the highlights of that Arsenal Liverpool game from like last week. And he was plugged into that lineup with kids that were like 18. I think the average age of that lineup was like 22, 23 or something like that. And like, yeah, we're watching him play with crazy. Yeah. (laughs) That like watching him play with those kids, he looked like a kid. He looked like he was having fun compared to like the first team. And like he was making good plays. And watching that, I'm like, oh my gosh, if we could get him. Because Marco Fabian, like, let's be real, like, he's, he's not coming back. And, did he live up to the hype? He did a little bit, I feel like. He got us that goal against Red Bull. So that I feel like that game's gonna be stapled as his game. But I think if we got Ozil, golly, that would be that would be something. We we have to really rely on those Ernst German connections, yeah. but yeah, that would be pretty amazing. And and then also Sugarman cracking open that that checkbook for uh, yeah. a, a pretty hefty check but that yeah that's that's that is definitely a, a nice a dream signing i want to try to find out well i'm not gonna do it right now i was gonna say i was gonna hop on instagram look at kai wagner's instagram <laughs> to see if he has any connection with mezu ozil's instagram and see if there's any like see if they're friends see if they comment on each other but that, that'd be a deep dive but i'm not <laughs> I'm not prepared for it right now. Might not be fruitful. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't think the listeners want to listen to me look at Instagram. <laughs> I'm trying um, to think. So, is Joel Embiid, yeah. is is he an Arsenal fan? I feel like he's – oh, he – I think he's a Chelsea fan. Never mind. Oh, I thought he saw he was like Real Madrid too. Yeah, there's a lot yeah, of stuff. I, I, I'm, I'm looking up like Instagram posts of him with players, and he's like with Drogba, <laughs> uh, Ramos. But Bale. even even if 
Okay. Even if Ozil is just like an NBA fan, like coming to Philly is, is I mean, that's a little bit of a, an attraction. Yeah, for sure. And I think like the relationship that Bedoya has with like Josh Richardson, like if they could get Embiid to be like, yo, like, come on, like I want to see soccer in this, in this city grow like this sport of basketball is right now. Like they could, they, like they have the arsenal of like tools I feel like they just need them all to connect at once to get something like this to happen. I think that would be super right, sick right. if they could link Ozil to us. Oh, golly. I, I can just hear it now. Like, <laughs> Ozil, Bedoya, and Aronson, and Madunyanin. Oh, my gosh. I feel like he would – Ozil would have such an effect on Aronson. Just, like, think about that. Yeah. Right. As soon as you mentioned that, I was like, oh, man, for a guy for Aronson to work under a player like Ozil or, yeah, just of that caliber, be pretty, pretty cool for him. But, like, that right now, like, that is, like, the guy that, like, I have stapled in my mind at the number 10. And then there's a side of me that also just wants to see Aronson, you know, take the helm on this one, really take the reins of the team at the number 10. So, I... Like I said, one of these things is just, like, whatever Jim Curtin decides, like, I've learned this year, you've learned this year. Like, the dude knows what he's talking about. Like, and we just got to trust him. It's time to trust the process. Uh, union edition. Trust the process. <laughs> um, so, of our young guys, uh, you kind of threw this question out to us. And so, kind of want to hear what you want to say before giving our opinions. Who has the brightest future on the team? So, of our young guys. Who do you think? Do you have someone in mind? Because you threw that out, and I've got an idea. I've got an idea. I feel like we might be thinking all the same kid here. Like, I think we're all thinking Aronson. It's like an academy product. (laughs) Oh, Aronson. I thought you were going to say me. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, you too. I've never seen you play, but, (laughs) I mean, you you could probably walk on that team and start – like, but Aronson Amen. right now. Don't, don't be busy. <laughs> yeah, no, I think Aronson has the brightest future. I was also reading, I don't know if Matt wrote something about it, but like his younger brother's in the academy too. And like, I'm pretty sure they're saying he's going to be just as good, if not better than Brendan. And I'm like, and I think Luke and I were talking about it. If the two of them, like if they bring up, Aaron Brendan's little brother in the system and they start him next to Brendan in the midfield like that would be so cool to see that would be so cool to see two brothers playing with each other that'd be pretty special yeah that'd be that's and if he's even as good as Brandon Aronson that 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 would be a pretty uh pretty cool talent to to bring up and sit into the the first team and have these these guys kind of tear up and develop an MLS for the unit that'd be pretty fun um Aronson's definitely who my number one is, but just to be different, uh, just being a defender myself, I think Mark McKenzie is the guy who is going to get the call to Europe. I think maybe maybe even before Brendan Aronson, just being a, a kind of a smart defender. He, I, I mean, sometimes I feel like he's a little careless with the ball, but sometimes I also think he has uh, better instincts with the ball. Um, and and I, I, I just love... Um, when he kind of steps through that first attacking line, he'll dribble the ball past the the attackers and then find the pass. And I just love love that initial step through the first line to kind of break the line. Um, yeah. He reads the game pretty well, and and I think he's 
he's kind of got the body for it, uh, just being a bigger dude. Um, so that's just just to be different. But I mean, Aronson, I I do agree, has the head for it. I don't think he has the body for the move yet. Uh, I think it's yeah. been kind of said that he's kind of just kind of like a young kid right now. Um, but he'll grow into it. Yeah, for me, it's I would those two are definitely the top two in my opinion as well. But be, I guess next on the list to, to me, I think I think Matt Freeze honestly could have a really good, uh, definitely at least MLS career. I think he definitely is is going to be ready to make a move to the, a first team if not for the unit for someone else. Um, just because if he's getting these these U twenty these uh, US U twenty three call ups, like he's definitely has seems to have a lot of potential. And then another guy, I I, I keep hearing good things about Jack DeVries. Like I don't know much about him, but I feel like. Uh, from what we hear, I think he could be a, another like kind of Aronson type uh, midfielder. Yeah. So that's that's just another name I want to kind of throw out there. Yeah, shout out to Jack DeVries. Uh, he said when he joins the first team, I sent him a question on Instagram because he put one of those things up on his story. <laughs> and he, I asked him, I was like, can I get a jersey? And he's like, yeah, when I make the first team. And then this was like a day after he signed like his pro contract. So Jack DeVries, if you're if you're listening, which I know you are, uh, I'm gonna hold you to that free jersey uh, when I'm over in England. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. awesome. Um, yeah. So real quick, uh, side note. Um, so you said you're going to England. Uh, just tell the people what you're doing because you told us, and it's just a really cool, cool thing that you're doing over there. Yeah. So right now, uh, I'm fundraising to go over to England in. At the end of December, early January. Um, so right now, I'm going to be working with uh, this certain ministry. Uh, it's called UK USA Ministries, and basically, what I'm going to be doing over there is I'm going to be like community building, um, and really working with. When I got my, I got my assignment, so I'm going to be working with like this. I want to say it's called the Shack. It's like a community building where people just in the surrounding town and it's in Middlesbrough. So you have Middlesbrough football club, but supposedly um, from what I was reading on the website, from the information that they sent me and whatnot, um, it's very influenced by drugs. And I think they said heroin was like the biggest problem. So what this specific ministry and what this, this community group in this center is trying to do, like one of the programs that I'm going to be working with is they, they do a lot of sports, related activities to kind of get the kids and young men off the streets but more specifically they do something with men that are between the ages of 16 and 24 and they really it's a program and it's a soccer team so what these these young men are doing is they're basically coming off the streets and they're staying away from violence with like gangs uh, drugs bad homes and they're getting meals uh, they're getting training uh, with soccer, and then they're playing. So it's giving them an outlet to stay away from these certain, I want to say like evils in the world, um, and allowing them to express themselves through the sport of soccer and any other sport that we uh, work with them through. So I'm super excited about it, and I, I'm, I'm really grateful for the platform that you guys allowed me to come on here and talk about it. So thank you for that. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's a, that's an about what that's uh I, thought, I just thought it was really cool to, to hear about when you first uh told us about this when we when we met um so we only have like a couple minutes left 
Uh, so Zach, anything else you want to tell us about the union, why you love the union, uh, what your hopes are maybe for the union um, in the off season? Um, yeah, I, uh, I mean, I just love hearing about what you're about to do. So props to you for that. Yeah, and maybe we're going to have you back on when you're over there and maybe you can share more about your experiences when you're over there. Oh, good idea. Oh, man. for sure. Yeah. I would I would love yeah, before to do we, that. Yeah, before we sign off, tell us um, hopes for the offseason and, uh, yeah, where do you want this team to go from here? Yeah, so hopes for the offseason. Uh, big signing at the number 10 role, uh, Mezu Ozil coming in. Uh, that's that's the big hopes. Hopefully that happens. But if not, I'm excited to see the preseason for us to win that trophy, uh, the preseason trophy, whatever tournament <laughs> we play. And I can't remember what it's called. Got to um, do it. But then the Sun but then Invitational. The on, <laughs> yeah. But then to go on the win, the treble. The treble. Ooh. All right. Yeah, I just I just got the update about the conference call ending in five minutes. That's kind of why I paused. But the uh you're good it's the the nation's league is that the tournament that atlanta just won or something like that what's that tournament even called because they expanded it with the the leagues leagues cup the league the league's cup i kept saying the wrong thing last week yeah told me after the yeah (laughs) (laughs) i I think that's where i'm getting it from but the league's cup the open (laughs) cup and the mls cup i think i think we can really shoot for one of those specifically i think we can get one one of those four for next season whether it's the pre- i hope it's not the preseason i'd rather win a, a bigger trophy <laughs> but i think i think we've had the u.s open cups number for a while now and i think that'll be the first trophy that the union wins so hopefully this year we can make a run with the u.s open cup and really play the kids uh to start off in the first opening rounds but then really really get the ball rolling uh, in the semifinals and the finals and hopefully get the U.S. Open Cup in Philly after, what was it, four losses in, like, the last six or seven years? Three. Three, three but three. But it feels like four. Yeah. It feels like five. It feels, it feels like, like a lot. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah, those, I, I those hope you're right. Hopes. Yeah, I, I definitely hope you're right, Zach. Um, well, we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you listening and – uh supporting the union in virginia with us got to carry the flag um yeah yeah we'll definitely meet up hopefully soon um or i guess you're going to be in england but we'll, we'll definitely chat soon and uh oh, um sure. yeah hopefully learn more about your uh hear about your experiences up over in england and uh while you're still supporting the union so yeah um if you guys get again, chance, thanks for having me yeah go ahead follow him on twitter uh rack zichman um Awesome guy. Follow what he does over in England. He's just doing awesome work over there, and he's one of the Union faithful. I'm excited, boys. Let's let's go get one of these trophies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zach. Thanks so much, man. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, guys.